the 6th chapter, the 35th verse. I want you to look and look. How many were here for Roy de la Garza? I hear we had to put up chairs and the overflow. We had put people up on the balcony. God moved. I heard it was a powerful, powerful service. Healings and words and powerful, powerful exposition, right? Uh, preaching of God's word. Today I'm going to be expositing out of this verse here. I'm going to be breaking it up. Uh, stick to the entire verse here. Do you have it, Luke chapter 6, verse 35? It says there, But love your enemies. Do good to them. And lend. And one translation says, Not despairing. Lend, not despairing. Do good to them and lend to them without expecting to get anything back. In other words, not despairing. Don't worry about what they're going to do or what they're not going to do. Just do it on purpose. Then your reward will be great. And you will be sons of the Most High. Father, I pray your anointing on this sermon that you've given me. Lord, it's so important. Jesus, And I ask you to enable us to glean and let it be strong sediment in our lives. That we would become like you, Jesus. And that you are a loving God. For God so loved, fill my cup, let it overflow with love. Let us be lovers, Lord God, of, of souls and the lost and even our enemies. Love your enemies. We bless you and praise you in Jesus' name. Anybody together said? Yeah. You may be seated. You know, it's odd that Renee sang what she did, and I'm sure Wayne will tell her after the service, and she's helping out right now. Uh, but, uh, you know, she dedicated that song to Krista, who just lost her father. Uh, uh, and we need to come continue to pray for her as you're here this morning. But uh, I've entitled this sermon to Tony Pineda, Sr., with love. Because my family will probably get the tape, and I don't want to think it's my brother. His name is Tony Pineda, too. So it's to Tony Pineda, my father, Sr., with love. And, uh, you know, it's, it's odd and sad at times that we, we do things like this uh, in hindsight, after they've passed on, you know. We, we do things. We bring all kinds of flowers to the graveside. Why didn't we bring them flowers when they were alive? You know, things like that. Why didn't I preach a sermon to him when he was alive? Pow, hallelujah. Uh, but nevertheless, I know my father is not dead. He's just graduated. I know where he's at. And if I ask Jesus to tell him that I dedicated a sermon for him this morning, Jesus might just do that. See, uh, God is omniscient. He knows everything. God is omnipresent. He's everywhere. And, you know, my dad is no longer on earth. I'll never see him here on earth again, but I will see him someday. But if God is all-knowing, all-present, you know, and all, I, I think Jesus could be able to do that because he knows where my father is. He can go right up to him. I can't. So I, I you know, I, I do these things sometimes. I say, Jesus, I can't get to heaven right now, but you're there, and my dad is. Could you please go tell him I dedicated a sermon to him? So to Tony Pineda with love. Besides, I think I needed one more sermon to complete 12. Right, Dennis? I needed one more sermon because I have, I've, I've dedicated all kinds of sermons with love, with love, with love, to, to Doug Jones with love, to Jason Yambi with love, to, to Mike Tyson with love, you know. <laughs> and I, I've got all these different people that I've given to, to with love. Who else have I given? Some of you guys. Ted Turner with love. Oh, Fidel Castro, con mucho amor, huh? with love. Dan Martin with love, hallelujah, that was, I like that one. Doug Jones with love. Al Davis, ooh, all these pobrecitos. Al Davis with love. Huh? Bill Clinton with love. Who else? Max Alva with love, well, that was my friend who passed on too. Uh, well, now... 
Oh, to Shady with love. He's here today too. I saw him. Hallelujah. He had his, he's had his own sermon before. Uh, praise God. Now, this will be the 12th in the series uh, uh, to Tony Pineda, my dad with love. Okay. Love your enemies. Let's expose it here. Okay. We're going to be covering verse 35 of Luke chapter 6. Love and, oh, let me just tell you now. This sermon, you really, really got to think. There'll be times when it's simple, when we're cruising, but it's going to be like running the rapids, you know. We're getting them ready for the white water. You're going to have to be like, oh, you got to stay with me. Otherwise, you're going to get off the boat and you're going to drown. So it's a white water kind of a stuff here. Before you get to the white water, the real one, you're going to get the spiritual one. Okay, so this one's going to make you think. It's going to make you grab on and say, where's he taking me? Where's he going? There will be times when you'll just be flowing and just go, oh, because I, I can preach like that. That's the type of preacher that I am. I can keep you. I'll just go on. Oh, yeah, that's good. okay. But there's going to be some times that you're really going to have to think, and this is part of it right now. Love is the posture, the temperature, the climate, the disposition of the soul. Did you hear me? Already we started with a big old white water stuff. We already hit a rock. Uh, it's the posture. It's the disposition. Okay, it's the climate of the soul. And how does the soul get and how does the soul acquire this, this certain loving position and posture? Are you still with me? How does it acquire? Well, the answer is found. In the place and in the places that the soul most often and frequents, that it most often finds itself. That's how you get that posture. That's how you get that temperature, that climate of love. Take, for instance, the point in the place that a greenhouse is located at. Where it's located, a greenhouse, it very, very much determines the quality and the quantity of the plants and the flowers that it's going to produce. Stay with me here. All right. Uh, we're getting quite a start here. See, the exposure of a greenhouse will pretty much determine the type of production that it's going to put out. In other words, where it's located. Yesterday I got some sun. Was it yesterday? Day before yesterday. Uh, we were there. and uh, Man, that hotel, the Marriott, got it going on. I mean, we're talking about raising the standard of Victory Outreach. Man, you know, and they charge, they try to keep it down as minimum as possible to get as many people to come. Uh, and it so happened that the people said, well, your speakers will get a special price. We'll put them up in a good room for a real cheap price. I was a speaker. Uh, what a room. Oh, bad. Huh? But when you go down near the pool, and I hung around a little bit, what I did is I followed the sun, because I'm a sun worshiper. And then that thing was like 25 stories and had two of them. And they were built like on an enclave or a conclave. You know, they're, they're built like this where the sun reflects from here. And huge, big old thing. So I got sun, 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 till my daddy takes my T-bird away. I got all kinds. Because I got the sun coming from the, 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 the hotel, uh, you know, it was all glass, windows, you know, and like mirrors. And the sun, it was hot. Uh, that was my past, that was my, the position of my soul two days ago was hot, hot, hot. Uh, well, the same thing applies with the position of a, of a greenhouse, where its position determines the posture and the, of, of the plants that it's going to produce. If it's located in a good place, it's going to produce good fruit, good plants, good flowers. Uh, and the same thing applies to your soul. Remember what I said in the beginning. The disposition and the climate of the soul. Love is that. Love is the disposition of the soul. And again, where you position yourself most frequently will pretty much, you know, Tell what you are going to produce as a person. The type of person you will be. Where is your greenhouse? Uh, because that's going to uh, determine the kind of person that you're going to turn out to be. 
Dispositions come from the temperature of your soul. Dispositions come from the climate of your soul. Uh, when we were young, they had a song back in the 50s or 60s. She's got a sweet disposition. Uh, in other words, she was a cool person. Her disposition, her temperature, okay, the climate of her soul. If you spend a lot of your time in jail or in prison, uh, it will be super, super hard uh, to love your enemies. But Jesus here is saying, what? Love your enemies. But if you spend a lot of time in prison, some of you guys have. Or jail. Uh, it's going to be hard to acquire that kind of disposition. Now, take for instance our men's homes and our women's homes. We still get the same type of people that used to frequent our jails and our prisons. Yeah, we do. Same type of guys. But now they're in a different greenhouse. They're in a different, and then they come to church. Another greenhouse. Uh, and God's got it going on there. So their disposition begins to change. Uh, all these things, the climate, their temperature of the soul begins to change. For you can love your enemies. My brother used to be in the home and he's back in prison again. But when he was in the climate and the temperature and the atmosphere of the home, he was there, he was like assistant director. And when one man came into the home, it was a man that had been, had, was his enemy in the prisons. And they just looked at each other. My brother said, right away, I hugged him. Uh, I said, brother, uh, I love you. Only because he was in the right climate, in the right greenhouse. But to develop a disposition uh, of hate and of jealousy and of prejudice, that will come easy in a prison and in a jail. It's easy. Uh, Aryan Brotherhood, Black Guerrilla Family, Mexican Mafia, uh, Muestra Familia, all that. It's easy in that greenhouse or big house, whatever you want to call it. Uh, you know, and as I was putting the sermon together, I wrote next to my notes in East Timor. Some of you may be familiar with what's going on in Indonesia. I am very much so because we, I, I, I go there. I've been there three times and I hope to go many more times because we have friends there. They preach behind this pulpit. Dynamic churches that, that we uh, frequent there that we deal with. But in East Timor, that's one of the states, and now it's its own state, it's autonomous now, of Indonesia. But those people, and you see them on TV, and, I mean, they're, 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 they're what we call provincial people, province people, by and large. They don't have a lot of city kind of folk, okay? So with these people, the reason they were chopping off heads, killing Christians, doing all kinds of stuff, is because they don't care about what's going on in the world. They don't see a lot of CNN. And if they did, they could care less. All they know is their little world right here. That's their greenhouse, East Timor. And East Timor doesn't care about what, you know, the, the head of state of East Germany thinks, or now just Germany, or what the, the you know, uh, 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 the, the, the president of the United States thinks, or, or, or what the new president of South Africa thinks, or the president of Mexico. He, they don't care. They'll never meet him. So they go about their daily business chopping heads. Because you cultivate a climate of prejudice easy right there. It's easy to come by. And hatred and violence. Not just anybody can love their enemies. Someday we're going to have to go to places like East Timor and start cultivating some good greenhouses. Hallelujah. And Iraq and Iran and all them places. See, genuine, agape, aggressive love can love their enemies. You start frequenting God's churches and God's presence, we can ask you to love your enemies. Because it should come supernaturally. And I say naturally, supernaturally. See, real love's disposition and real love's attitude is to go even the extra mile, and to even to go in, into unwanted territories, seeking out 
even the most hostile of peoples. Stay with me. Okay, we're hit another bump. See, real love will go and seek out and entreat. It'll go and, and, and try and bring in even the most hostile of people. They're enemies. Because if you can love your enemy, you can love your pastor. I just throw that one in for a change. Hallelujah. And that ain't chump change either. Praise the Lord. Uh, see, love, stay with me now, it woos. Love entreats, it bids, it, you know, it, it, it reasons together. It calls out. Love is a seeker. It builds bridges. Uh, bridges that can bring, you know, and merge together hostility and peace. You got to think the sermon, I'm telling you. That's what it can do. That's what love does. It builds a bridge between hostility and peace. Come on, hostility. Let's, let's find some reasonable ground here. Some peace, some love. See, love's goal is to turn swords into plowshares, into pruning hooks, into scissors, if you will, into instruments of peace and productivity. Love's temper is to desire to change its enemies into its intimate friends. That's what love's temper is. Its desire is to turn even its worst enemies into its most intimate friends. For God so loved the world. Uh, we were foreign to God. And again I ask, where can this temper, this disposition, this pose of the soul, where can it be acquired? In church. In prayer. In the presence of God. Uh, in, in, in attending to the things of God. Who is love. God is love. It is only in this ministry and in this setting of prayer and spiritual climate where the crooked becomes straight. That's where it happens. Only in this, this setting of prayer and spiritual uh, movements of God. It is in a setting like this where love be, is being posed and, and thus produced that we can pick up offerings as we did last week to respond in love to people that are hurting and are in need. It's only in a setting like this that we can do that. By and large, and really, those people that say, they pick up too many offerings. Es el diablo. That's of the devil. I just want you to know. If you don't think so, because at the end there it says, and you shall be sons of the most high God. It depends on whose son you are. Because we know. I mean, I have to branch out in faith and do these things because I'm, I'm, your, I'm your leader here. Uh, that money don't go to my pocket. No way. I give myself. Uh, I, I give plenty. Believe me. Uh, I have to lead the charge in this. But if I see something, we got to go do it. Vision is seeing the need of filling it. Uh, but it's in this disposition. But if you don't have that disposition, that posture, then you're not going to, oh, man, ah. Then, then you have your reward. Burritos, burritos, burritos. Uh, you have your own reward. Uh, see, a church should be a spiritual greenhouse where healthy plants and biblical flowers are growing, and they're growing properly. Love that's why we picked up the offering last week because we wanted to, these people that are out there. Yes, we're, we're, we're thinking of in-house. Yes, we got to knock down walls. By the way, the lady came here on Tuesday. Everything went pretty good. You know, I don't know if it went real good because I'm not, I'm not, I don't work for the city. But according to me and Ed and my wife, it went pretty good. She said within two weeks, things should start gelling and cooking. Ah, so once we get that okay, who la la so soon. Ed said uh, that it should come within a, within a month because she said within two weeks. So we'll give her an extra two weeks. Uh, things are going good, but we can't just think about ourselves. My name is Jimmy, and gimme, gimme, gimme. Uh, we can't just have implosion. We have to have explosion. Implosion is this way. Explosion is this way. Ex an explosion of love, God's love. See, when we love, 
Then is when we're most like God, God-likeness, Christ-likeness, when we love. When we love, that shows other people that we have been in God's greenhouse, under God's incubation, if you will, in God's presence. Because the Bible says, how can you say you love God? Uh, who you can't see, when you can't even love your fellow man, who you can't see. See, people, to be able to really love uh, and to love your enemy is the very disposition of God. The Bible says, while we were yet sinners or enemies, Christ died for us. It also says the word of God, when we were enemies, we were reconciled. Uh, while we were yet enemies of God, yet he died for us, he loved us. See, as you study and as you observe uh, the way God is. Then gradually and slowly and sometimes unknowingly, we pick up and we acquire his characteristics. Love being one of the best that he has. Just come to church, come to church. And pretty soon all of a sudden, you get the hardest guy, the hardest criminal. Uh, really, even if he stays in the home two, three weeks. Or come to church two, three weeks or three months. And then he leaves. He'll never be the same again. What I would give for three weeks with Charles Manson in our men's home. Uh, he'd never be the same again. You can't, you can't, you can't. Because you've been in the greenhouse, hallelujah, of God. Where you acquire great dispositions. Uh, and even unknowingly, like I said, you, be, you start becoming like God. What's good enough for God is good enough for us. See, we in turn love our enemies. Uh, because he first loved us. Thus, love your enemies. Then look at the second part of Luke 6.35. Love your enemies and do good unto them. And do good to them. Since Jesus of Nazareth went about doing what? Then we should as well, you and I. Doing good deeds and exploits should come supernaturally to any and all believers. Now, I'm going to bring out three words. If you're taking notes, please get this one. This is very important. I like this one. That's why I decided to speak on this. Three words that will help us better understand what the Bible is telling us here in loving our enemies and doing good to them. Three words, very quickly. All right? Benevolence is the first word. And some of you have heard that word, benevolence. Okay? And I'm going to cut it up here very quickly. The first word is benevolence. This word means ben, or in Spanish or Italian, bien. Bon appetit. Buen appetito. Good, good, good. It means good. Ah. Uh, and voluntad means will in Spanish and in Latin. Benevolence. Buen voluntad. In other words, when you put these words together, it means goodwill. Goodwill hunting. Hallelujah. Uh, thus, to have benevolence is to acquire, because you've been in God's greenhouse, to acquire the will to do good. That's what benevolence is. The will to do good. The will, Paul says, is present with me. I want to do good. Paul says in Romans chapter 6 and 7. Huh? See, the will is there. To acquire the desire to want to do the best for people. You're going to get that in God's greenhouse. That, my friend, is another pose of love. Where we want to, to, you know, to woo and to win even the fiercest enemies, let alone our closest friends. Benevolence. Do good. Then benevolence leads to the second word. Benediction. Ben means what? Good. Bien. Good. Diction means speech. Good diction or good speech. 
Benediction is benevolence expressed through your speech. That's what it is. Benediction is benevolence, the will to do good, expressed in speech. Man, I want to change the huntwood over there the way it looks. It looks, it looks too, too ugly. I want to be able to chop down the weeds and all that, which we're going to do. I want to do that. I mean, this side here, from here and this way, huntwood looks pretty good because the people here, some of them, they got some, you know. Remember when they were chopping down the trees and all that? I didn't read the articles too much. I didn't follow, but I, I know what was happening. I read a little about a paragraph. The paper, they said, but our lovely trees, don't knock me. That kid had died. He had died there. Ah, fellow Silla, that young boy, 12, 13 years old. And they'd hid him behind a tree. So they said, listen. So what they did is they compromised. They, 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 they saved the trees for the people because they paid a lot of money. But they chopped them up about halfway up. But I, the other day I was driving this way. And I see nothing but apartments. Can people own apartments? One person. Uh, so they don't got a lot of. But I'd like to take care of that side. Pastor Mac is going to be putting in some big old lights over here in his area. Well, we ain't too far behind. We're going to be doing some stuff here too. Uh, because that's benevolence. Uh, and benediction. Speech. Uh, we, we want to do these things. See, our words will then be words that will or are good that are well thought out. Words that are well thought out. You're not going to want to be downing people. Uh, but you're going to think through your words. Words to edify, not to tear down. Unkind criticism will be checked before they come out of your lips. Uh, now, not constructive criticism. If it's constructive criticism, say it, brother. Uh, if something's happening wrong, don't be afraid to say that. If there's bad stuff going on, say it. Uh, because that's constructive criticism. That's still benediction. But this is where the word eulogy in a funeral comes from. Benediction. A eulogy. Final words. Closing words. Closing good words. Whenever we have uh, funerals and we have to open up, we, we don't want somebody to come and say, man, I got a rotten dude. No, no. We eulogy. Benediction. You know, it's over. Ben final, final words. Good words. You know, at least you tried. Uh, something like that. Then benediction itself turns into my third word. Benefaction. Remember the benefactors? Benefaction. Benefaction is benevolence and benediction expressed through service. Bene, good, what? Faction, action. Action Jackson in the spirit. That's what it is. Benefaction, service. Doing, being, becoming. Uh, good action. It is the word made flesh. That's what it is. Jesus was the word made flesh. Jesus of Nazareth went about doing. Hayward of Hayward. Victor Average of Hayward went about doing good. Like a Christian should when he's under God's greenhouse. Uh, James says, I'll show you my faith by my works. Action. The Bible says, if your enemy hungers, feed him. That's what it says. Action. Don't just will it. Don't just think it. Don't just say it. Do it. Just do it. Hallelujah. Feed the, the fella. In other words, if your enemy is hungry, don't just sit there. Do something. Uh, that's what we're going to do the drama shotgun to. Our enemies are hungry. Spiritually. We have to do these things. Uh, that's, that's, that's benefaction. We don't want to just say, well, we got our place now. No, no, no. We got this. this. This is not the ends, this building. This is a means. This is a means to get into benefaction. Hallelujah. Get out there and start benefiting our community. And the world. You read our bulletin and beyond. The bay and beyond. 
We don't want to just talk it. We want to live it. Uh, that's why it's important we do things. And how many know sometimes I, I got to go places. Is the pastor gone again? Yes, he's about doing good and representing you, hombre. But sometimes, who is the pastor going to be here? Man. Uh, listen, every time I go, wherever I go, I represent you. People love this church. Why? Because they see their pastor out there doing it. And I love to be here. Trust me, I'd rather, I'd rather be here. And that's a fact. Um, but I, sometimes we got to go do things. You guys got to go. Thank God. A lot of you do go places. We have some of our people in Hawaii today. They're out in the church over there. And people were over in the church in Florida the other day. Uh, people are traveling, but they're representing our church. Uh, and they're giving, they're doing, they're, they're being a blessing. Uh, the bay and beyond. Putting words into action. So thus, my friend. See, love will find what, it, what its enemy lacks and will fill the gaps. That's what love does. It's like water. Finding the gap in a roof. <laughs> it's going to find it. Love, love, love is as powerful as water on a roof. Uh, love will find the gaps. Find the lacks and fill the gaps. Thus... We destroy the enemy with acts of genuine kindness and of love. Abraham Lincoln one time was during the Civil War. People were dying and things were happening. He had one general that was a cutthroat. He was terrible. But Lincoln was a, he was a negotiator at first before he had to do what they had to do. So he was trying to negotiate with, with his enemies and doing some stuff there. And, and Lincoln says, you know what, but I believe, I believe we should just go ahead and love them. In this place here, we need to love, the, love our enemies, love them. And the general came up and says, General, I think we should just go ahead and destroy our enemies. And Lincoln said, but sir, don't you understand that when we love our enemies, we do destroy our enemies? Because we don't have them anymore. They're no longer enemies. Love your enemies. Then Luke 6.35 says, and lend. Look at what it says there. Luke 6.35. Then lend. Do good and lend to them without expecting anything back. Or some translations say, without despair. Lend without despair. See, to lend, this need mean just money. It doesn't just talk about money, lending. That's why I said we're lending people when we go different places. Huh? Lend. Love is giving, but giving of one's whole self. Look at 2 Corinthians 8, 35. Two portions of scripture I want to cover here real quick. But keep a handle on Luke 6.35 because I'm going to come right back to it. Look at 2 Corinthians 8, 3, 4, and 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 3. Chapter 8, excuse me. Verses 3, 4, and 5. It says there, beginning in verse 3 of 2 Corinthians 8. For I testify, this is Paul talking. That they, they're talking about the Macedonian churches, or the church at Thessalonica, actually. For I testify that they, Thessalonians or Macedonians, they gave as much as they were able, and even beyond the bay and beyond their ability. Entirely on their own. They urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in this what? Service. There's that word. That's what love is. Uh, ben benefaction, service. To the saints. And they did not do as we expected, but they gave themselves first to the Lord and then to us in keeping with God's what? Will, good will. Now look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 8. 1 Thessalonians 2, verse 8. See, the Macedonian church, churches, the Thessalonican church, they first gave themselves. Uh, 
Because that's what love is. 2 verse 8 says, We, what? There it is again. We loved you so much. 1 Thessalonians 2, 8. We loved you so much that we were delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our lives first as well. Because you had become so dear to us. This is Paul talking. This is like father, like son. Paul was the father of the Thessalonians. Paul was the father, spiritual father of the Corinthians. And look what he, he says, I first gave myself. And then the Bible says, the Thessalonican church, they first gave themselves before. In other words, everything belongs to you. Everything I got is yours. All that I am and all that I'm not, hallelujah. I'm yours, Lord. Because that's what love is. Lend, never despairing. Lend to your enemy. Uh, give what you have that you may win him to Christ and to the cause of Christ. Be liberal uh, in will. Be liberal in speech. Be liberal in action. Be liberal in labor. Be liberal in love. Be liberal in prayer. Listen to what I'm about to say. I need to read this. Bleed freely. That by the power uh, of your sacrifice, they may then someday and somehow partake of the communion of Christ. Bleed freely. Let me repeat that. That's, that's profound to me. Okay. Bleed freely, that by the power of your sacrifice, because that's what bleed, bleeding does, they may then someday and somehow partake of the communion with Christ, of which we will be doing here this morning, taking communion with Christ. Lend, never despairing. Which it does mean in most translations, and most of your translations, it, it means never despairing. It means not to worry what you're going to get back. Doesn't your translation say that? Lend, and don't worry about what you're going to get back. But it also can mean this. Lend never despairing or never worrying that it's not worth it because my enemy is not responding. In other words, lend, but don't worry because my enemy, I'm giving to him, I'm doing this, but he's not responding. It's not worth it. Lend, don't despair. But it's not worth it, man. Look at all that we're doing. We put on the plane, we do all this stuff, we do the drums, we give thousands of dollars, and they're not responding. Lend, don't despair. Don't worry about it. And don't give up. That's what it says. Don't give up. Uh, in other words, love is never to say it's hopeless. Ooh, love should never say it's hopeless. She's hopeless. Forget about it. She'll never change. They're too far gone. Love is not supposed to say that. Uh, this is termed unfailing love. Christian giving, Christian doing, Christian lending should not be coupled with despair. Lend, never despairing. Fret not. When you lend, when you give, don't give with despair. Just do it. When you pray for your unsaved loved ones, pray. But they're not changing. Pray! Not despairing. Lend. That's what lending is, prayer. See, the despair of unbelief should never be expressed through the hurts of the genuine disciples of Christ. i got to read that one again because we hit a bump. Let's stay on. The despair of unbelief should never be expressed through the hurts or through the hearts of genuine disciples of Christ. Love believes how many things? All things. It never fails. It never fails to believe. It keeps on praying. 
He's going to change. She's going to change. It's going to happen. All right, give me, I mean, this shotgun too could be the one that's, that's going to break the dam to bring Roy Delagado's prophecy to pass. Double services in an 800-seater. This could be it. This could be the time. Because you just never know uh, how close you might be to victory. You never know how close your unsaved loved ones might be to Christianity. You just never know. One day the chairman of a mining uh, company was, he had a walking stick. And they had been mining, this is a true story, been mining and mining and mining for months on end. They never found no gold, nothing. Finally he was having a conversation with his, with his uh, 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 foreman. And he had the walking stick and he put it up against the, the wall and then we, he was leaning against it and they were talking. And as he was leaning, gold began to gush out and fall down. He said, man, he was an inch away. They were going to quit. That's what they were talking about. They were talking about quitting. Well, what do you think? Victory could just be an inch away sometimes. You never know how close you could be to pray on through your unsaved loved ones. The same principle applies when you go searching for souls. Um, when it all seems helpless, Victory could be an inch away. Lend, never despair. And then finally, the Bible says in Luke 6.35, look at this, and I'm going to close with this. And great will be your reward, and you shall be sons of the Most High. And your reward shall be great. And in actuality, you know that love really has and brings with it its own reward? You probably don't understand what I mean there, because uh, I didn't when I first thought of this. But let me say it now. Love actually has its own reward. It brings with it. Love, even when it's hurt, Love, even when it's wounded, still will bear the pain in order to keep loving. How many of you have had unsaved loved ones out there and, and you hurt for them, especially if they're your children? You, you're hurting, but you're not going to give up love just because you're hurting for them? No, I'm going to stop loving them because it hurts too much. Forget about them. Because they're lying in Let them go to hell. But man, I, I'm tired of hurting for them. You go, I don't care about you. No, because love has its own reward. You're going to keep loving no matter what. Even if it doesn't feel good, even if it hurts, even if there's pain and sorrow, but you're, gonna, you're not going to give up love. You'll keep love because it's own, it is its own reward. Love and love on purpose. It's worth it. Loving them through. Uh, that's, that's what it is. There is something about love that has its own reward. Plus, my friend, in loving even your enemies, you also acquire a deep sense of beautiful fellowship with Almighty God. Listen to what I just said. That's what, you, that's what also you acquire. Because the Bible says, all they that love know God. Those that love know God. Even if you love through sorrow and heartache and hardship and hard times, you know God. You don't want to give up fellowship with knowing God. It's too vital and too important in our lives. Then I close and lastly with this. Luke 6.35 says, by this, we shall be the sons of the most high God. Our sonship is to be worthy of the Father. Uh, like Father, like Son. In other words, we then begin to act just like our Father. Many of you went down to my father's funeral. Ed Bullock came up to me afterwards. Ed's a very perceptive man. And at the end, him and Rose came in. I was standing by the casket. You could tell he'd been crying. And he never knew my dad that. Never knew him. Then he says, I'm sure glad I came to this. Because I learned a lot about you by listening to.
to the eulogy, the benedictions about your father. Now I understand why you are like you are. Because of your father. My father gave and gave in a small little city, small little town. I have the world as my venue. He was probably a greater man. Because he kept living right there where nobody was going to know. You know what God put upon my heart? And I want to do this. If I have to do it alone. I drive by that county and I see F when I go by Fillmore. I see V when I go to Ventura. They do those white things, you know, white. They even have a P for Piru. Small little dinky little place. They even have a P for Piru. But the SP... You can hardly see it. I have to show my kids. Look, at there it is. There it is. Look, you got to look. You can hardly see it. Because nobody's put any benefaction lately. I want to walk right into the city council meeting soon. And say, hey, Rick. I'll call the mayor by his first name. <laughs> he says, what do I got to do? What do we got to I want to come with Ed. I want to come with an entourage of people. Say, what do we got to do to put that SP back on the map? To paint that thing. Because we want to do this. Ex-drug addicts, our home's going to do it, guys. So I won't be alone. And then I'll get the home from Oxnard, Ventura County. But I don't want to just begin or end there. I want to do our Huntwood Road here. I want us to make a statement here. That's what Pastor Mac is doing with those lights that he's going to be putting up. We want to do the same thing here. By this shall all men know that you are my disciples, if you have love. Even your enemies. Then you shall be the sons. You have your reward of the Most High God. That's why I said, if you don't give, if you don't tithe, if you don't give even in love offerings and stuff, don't be afraid. We're not going to get one today. Uh, then I don't know if you are the son of the Most High God. Because that's when they're going to know if you're the son of God. Jesus was the son of God because he bled, he sacrificed. I want every head bowed and every eye closed. Father, we're called to sacrifice. This has always been a sacrificial church, a church that has been built on tithes and offerings. And I bless you for that. But Lord, we need to hear preaching like this because this is greenhouse preaching. This is where we be acquired dispositions of the soul. And love is a disposition of the soul. Love is a temper. Love is the climate of a soul. We've poured out your love through your word here this morning. Make us to be genuine, better Christians. Let us react in love, Lord God, and buy some weed eaters, Lord God, and, and get rid of those weeds there by the tracks. Let us mow those lawns by here, Jesus. Let us sweep the, the roads. Let us not just think of ourselves. We're here, this church, not as an end, but as a means to take Jesus to the bay and beyond and even our block even our block and beyond we can't just think about the world and thank God for sound apologies and I want to do something there and I pray that the church would, would back me on this but Lord we need to take care of Jerusalem here we need to take care of Hayward and Huntwood and Schaefer and all this area like Pastor Macklin's doing bless them Jesus bless them abundantly give them more money Pastor Sonny Lord God and the Victory Outreach but let judgment begin at the house of God here with us. Let us acquire the desire to have a disposition of love. As every head is bowed in Iraq, the Spirit of God moving to ministry. I want to pray for those of you, and you need to be honest.
that you say my disposition has been a little too selfish as of late. It's been slipping. Maybe not into darkness, but into grayness. Getting out of the light. A greenhouse produces great plants and flowers because it has light. It's a lighthouse for plants. And if you haven't been responding in love and doing acts and actions of love, it's because the light hasn't been hitting you. You need the light of sermons like this. And if it's hitting you right, right now in God's greenhouse, and you say, I'm not the plant, I'm not the flower, I'm not the fruit that I need to be. And by this shall all men know that you are my disciples, if you have love one for another. You have not been having acts of love like you should, and you want me to pray for you. From all of this place, I'm going to ask you very quickly, if every head is bowed, and every eye closed, stand to your feet right there where you're at. I want to say a prayer for you. I want to say a prayer for you. Every head is bowed. Every eye is closed. Spirit of God, moving to ministry.